Hello, you're listening to the Mr. Money Jar podcast. Mr. Money Jar here. This episode is taken from an Instagram live and has been uploaded in its entirety. This means that some of what you hear may seem odd in an audio format. For example, there might be references to questions that appeared during the live, plus some audience interaction, and very rarely some swearing or audio mishaps. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Hello all, welcome to episode 54 of the Mr. Money Jar Show, and today we've got a very, very special guest, my brother, Dami, in a uh, Mr. MJ first. Um, he will be joining me on the show to talk about um, some of the experiences we both had with money growing up. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be interesting to see how this uh, how this plays out. And uh, yeah, very surprised with the uh, vote that, that we did earlier on today in the stories. It's almost 50-50 split whether me and Dami look alike. Uh, Ah, hey, Laura. Laura and more in the comments. Great to see you. Great to see you, savvy accountant. Um, I can see that Dami has joined, so let's get him in, shall we? I'm nervous. I'm never nervous on these lives, but I'm, I'm nervous today. Ah, what's going on, bro? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm, I'm good. good. How are you? Thank you very much for joining today. I was just saying, even though we speak like every day, I just felt weirdly nervous about this show. Um, I, I think it's because yeah. when you, yeah, when you when you do like a live thing with someone who has like taken a bath with you at some point, it's like they could just expose you. Don't worry, like this is this is my first IG live, and I'm glad that oh. this was the first one. So let's yeah, let's yeah. try not to rock the yeah, boat too much. Yeah. But um yeah, let's let's dive straight in. Um do introduce yourself to uh everyone and, and let them know a bit about you. Yeah, my name's Dammy. I'm Timmy's younger brother. I've uh, just recently finished my undergrad at University of Southampton, studying zoology, which I'm really happy about. Yeah, yeah. You know, been a long time coming. And uh, looking forward to the next. Very step, good. You know? um, and uh, yeah, like if we just dive into the conversation, what are um, some of the f like earliest memories you've had? You, you remember having around money when we were growing up? So like for me, that's probably around Norbury days. And I'm not going to lie. Any money that I got my hands on went straight to the yeah, corner. Wheeler. <laughs> like, yeah, for real. Wheelers, Wheelers had all my cash, all of it. Not that there was a huge amount, but um, yeah. That was, that was basically all it was really for. It was like um, lunches and stuff at school or snacks. Okay. Um, it's funny you say that because when I think about us growing up and uh, some of the earliest memories I have, it's um, collecting 1P and 2Ps in like those giant Aquapura 5-litre bottles. 
you remember doing that? I feel like I have memories of one of those going going a bit rusty. But yeah. Yeah. That's I kind of like that's where I got the name from, like the Mr. Money John name. Because it was always like whenever you got any coppers, you you'd put them away in the bottle and then you bag them up in those little um post office bags and then exchange it for like five quid or however much it would it would come to. Back when we used to use yeah. like the coins yeah, yeah, exactly. and like Asda and stuff. Um I also yeah. remember um games of Monopoly. Obviously, you never finish a game of Monopoly. The person who is losing flips the table and, and like, storms off. And they, they carry their hatred for the rest of their so lives. Those would yeah. be mine. Oh, we've just had a, we've had a question come in. Um, it's quite a good one. Uh, it's from My31 Project. Interested to know if your parents spoke about investing or if you learned about this as you got older. What are your thoughts on that, Danny? I don't have any recollections of specific conversations between me and the parents about investments and like yeah. growing money specifically. That's something that I definitely came, came to be aware of, you know, mostly over the course of going to university. Like that's when I really became. Aware yeah. Of yeah. I would agree. Um, so I, I would say that we were brought up with a very solid grounding in saving money. Um, but investing was something that I came across probably in my early twenties I mean, Dami were together when I, when I actually made my first investment. Yeah. I bought a, a stock, bought shares in Unilever. I remember being really nervous and Dami just saying, like, just go for it and just see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, and when you think about your childhood, what do you associate money with? Like, what, what sort of um, feelings do you get? Or like what, 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 what sort of scripts does it conjure up? I'll use me for an example. When I think about uh, growing up and money, I like one of the money scripts I developed from early is that some money is something to be worked for. Um, so like you go, yeah. you, yes. you, you earn money by getting a good job. You earn as much money as you can and then you use it to buy stuff. And that's essentially the the script that I sort of grew up with. And then I re and then I started to read books like Rich Dad Poor Dad and um, Richest Man in Babylon and so on. And then it was like, yeah. oh wow, so you can kind of make your money work for you. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, it's it's a lot like religion in some ways because you're sort of born into it you don't know any different. You're just like, there is this thing, mm -hmm. money, and I have to get it or things won't be okay. And like, you know, as me personally, if you're not brought up under circumstances where you're taught that your money can work for you, then it's just a really closed loop of earn money, spend money, earn yeah, money, yeah. spend money for your entire life. I think things are different now though. So um, people are finding out about investing and about saving because of the internet um, and like the wealth of content that's available, um, people are finding out this stuff earlier and earlier on in life. Um, it does mean that there are potentially um, kind of negative sources and influences, but I would say overwhelmingly it's, it's good. You know, you can go on YouTube, you can read books, you can be here on Instagram and you can get alternative sources of information and different perspectives. 
Yeah, but like this sort of content is like the veggies yeah. of the financial world. And like oftentimes people people want the Big Macs, so they want to go out and spend because it feels good to spend. Yeah, like retail yeah, therapy sure. is a real thing. Like thinking about how to save to save and be like scrupulous with your money. That's not generally the sort of content that the average person is seeking out, but like the ones. Well, that's literally why in my content I use Big Macs. You know, to kind of attract people's attention. And uh, how would you say that your attitudes towards money have changed as you've gotten older? So you said that you agreed with that script of you go to school go to uni, get a good job, earn money, spend money, earn money, spend money. How's that shifted for you now? I have, in the last sort of five years or so, I'd say, managed to decouple the idea of your time being worth a set amount of money determined by somebody else. Like, that that's a big one for me. Um, the idea of an hourly wage is something that I've tried to unlearn because there's many ways to make money and they're not all a fixed rate dependent on how many hours you're willing mm. to sink into a particular thing. Like setting setting prices as a producer is, is like one of the big things I think. Yeah, it's true. So obviously there is absolutely nothing wrong with, um, you know, the traditional route of, working in a job in fact i would say um it's a good thing to work a job because you get to you, you know the best examples of that are where you work somewhere that you really enjoy with people that you really enjoy working with and essentially it's like being paid to learn so a lot of the things that i know now i wouldn't know if i hadn't um, worked in previous jobs but there are other things you can trade other yeah, than your time for money such as like products and services, ideas, um, content. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just about recognizing that there are more than one ways to, to make money, as you've just said. We've had a comment um, from Insta Money Builder. Um, it says, it's interesting that two brothers saw their past lesson differently when they focus on answering a question based on their past. So why is that thinking face emoji? Well, I mean, I guess the lessons that we were being taught were just different because, you know, we had the age gap. So it's not like we could be taught yeah. the same things. I think it's true. I think it's true. Point. And this is a great segue into another comment we've got in here. It's from Finance Reboot. Um, great to see you back on the Lives Finance Reboot. It's a, a bit of subject, but what is the age gap between you two? Um, so it's, it's three and a half years. And I think when you're younger, that is large enough for you to get slightly different messaging from things, be interested in different things and so on. Is there anything you'd want to ask me? Hmm. At what point did you know that you were going to leave the, the like standard working archetype and go it alone? Um, well, when I was at university, I, uh, 
that's when I first, actually no, I, I started my first business when I was at secondary school. So back when um, like grime was really big, um, I used to like make uh, beats and stuff and I used to design, yeah, I used to design MySpace pages and uh, literally like burn the music to CDs and like meet people and physically sell it to them. Um, and when I went to university again, I used to design like logos and flyers for people. So I'd always had this interest in um, making money through alternative means, or well, interest, but also through necessity as well. Um, so I guess I knew from maybe as early as secondary school that if I could, I'd like to be able to uh, maybe go down the non-traditional uh, route. I don't know if mum is going to listen to this back, but I feel like uh, she secretly still wants me to become a lawyer someday, which may well happen, you know? I mean, yeah. if you got the opportunity. Um, yeah, so for the uninitiated, like the joke is in Nigerian culture, like you've got like three job options, lawyer, doctor, accountant. Um, yeah, kind of missed the mark on that one, huh? Um, cool. And uh, when you think of um, when you think about like decisions that you you make going forwards, how how does money factor into those? So when you think about um, jobs, where you might choose to live. Um, yeah, like how, how does money feed into, how, how will money feed into your future decision-making, do you think? It's a little bit of a tricky one for me, actually, because there's a lot of, like, there's a general consensus that zoology and conservation jobs are kind of scarce. So if I want to work in the field that I've studied for, then I may have to make concessions on the money side in order to get the career side off, off the ground. But at the same time, you know, it's all well and good working in the field, but if I can't pay my way, then that's not really good enough. So I've always, I've always thought to myself that like, I know I've studied zoology and stuff now, but I will take any appropriate job that pays enough, keep, you know, my personal interests on the side until such a time as I, mm -hmm. you know, flip them round, you know, in the best case scenario. But, um, yeah, in terms of like living costs, that's a, that's a big factor because whilst there's some fairly expensive places to live in Southampton, London's just a different ball game, really, unless you're like quite far out, um, from the you center. don't, you don't see yourself living so, in London. Um, due yeah. to the living costs question. That's one. And two, I don't necessarily see any scope for me to pursue my career. So like there's, there's a good amount of opportunities out where I am. So I can pursue either my career or get a, a standard job that still pays where I am. But um, if I go to London, I see mm -hmm. less opportunity to try either one. It feels like it's sort of more... Um, bottlenecks mm -hmm. towards a standard job my 31 projects asks another question another great one it's uh thinking about the way or things you were taught about money growing up what are you going to to do differently with your kids 
yeah, that's a fair question, actually. Uh, I think striving to provide a regular allowance would be a big thing because when I was younger, it felt like the money that I got was quite inconsistent. Like I got money, but because I didn't know when I would next be getting it, I didn't think to, to treat it as a regular occurrence. It was just get it and then it's gone sort of a thing. So having that sort of regularity in like an allowance can teach consistency and like stability in money usage rather than sort of a boom or bust situation mm. where you've got money or you don't. Um, and, you know, well, pe you know, the people listening to this don't know like how talented you are in your niche. Like, so in the field of biology and zoology, so I can say on behalf of you that you will go on to be very successful in what you're doing um, over the long term. Let's say you were to make loads of money, like just for, hope you don't mind me saying this, Tammy, but for example, like my brother wrote to David Attenborough and got like a handwritten letter in response, which is like kept up. Yeah, kept at home and yeah. framed. So Tammy's doing his thing. So let's say you became very successful. Um, made loads of money, uh, how would you then treat that? Because you get some instances of people with lots of money not wanting to um, like give it all to their children so their children can learn you know, the importance of like working and saving and stuff. How would you handle that? Because my 31 project also asked, what will you pass on to your kids? Which I, I think is another great question. Mm. If I was to come into a lot of money, it'd sort of be the thing where you make sure that everybody's like taken care of and accounted for. Comfortable enough, but not so comfortable mm -hmm. that they don't have to try anymore. And I think that really only counts so much in the formative years. As long as they get the right foundation and they grow the right way in the right direction, then, you know, you could leave them everything as long as they're the right sort of mm -hmm. person by the time it gets to that point. But if you if you hand them everything right at the start, then you know they never learn to earn it. Um, I'll just thinking about that question. I hmm, I think what would I do differently um, to my children that's been done to me? I'm really happy with the upbringing that I received with regards to money, and I think that. Um, like if it wasn't for the things that I was taught, um, I wouldn't be here doing this now. Um, I think that what I might do differently though, is have um, slightly different conversations around things like career choices um, and things that you can do to, to earn money when you get older. Um, and this is largely due to the advent of the internet. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm 31 now and as a child, it wouldn't have been possible to, um, you know, sell stuff online or like set up a, a YouTube channel or any of the like many options that there are now. Um, and yeah, I just think that like the, the different ways that you can make money um, just mean more opportunities for people in, in the future. So I'd want to try and keep an open mind towards that um you know if uh, either of us were to have children today 
um, they they would die in twenty one hundred on average. Like who know, like who knows what the world is going to look like um, at the turn of the next century. So, uh, I mean, I can remember being in Chipstead Avenue with you playing Street Fighter Two, and if you were to tell me back then exactly. that people would pay, yeah, yeah, to yeah. watch you do that, I would have been like. Yeah, that's such a great example. So, uh, yeah, me and Dami both love uh, video games. We play a lot of video games at home. Video games were largely seen as toys when we were growing up, but now it's possible to um, make money from video games because they've kind of moved on from being toys to much more of an, an art form and even a sport. Famously, two years ago, uh, the kid who won Fortnite won more prize money than Djokovic did uh, for Wimbledon that same year. Um, so yeah, it's just, yeah, I think I'd keep more flexibility around career choice and, and lifestyle choices. Um, I think we've had another, oh, Finance Reboot says, I know, right, wish I did that with my two. Oh, that's in response to my 31. So my 31 uh, project said, uh, that's a good point. Giving kids money regularly helps them to learn more. And then Finance Reboot said, I know, right, I wish I did that with my two. So yeah, just some agreement on your giving money uh, regularly uh, point. Um, Insta Money Builder asks, do you believe in using a money reward system when teaching your children? Another very interesting question. So chores, for example, do you think that should be paid to do work mm. around the house or should that be seen as a, just as a given? <laughs> no, that's baseline. That's hundred percent. That's baseline. You're not. You're not getting paid to make your bed. Just make your bed. <laughs> um, if you go, if you go above and beyond, or you're exceptional, then you know you can earn money for that. But like, nobody's going to pay you to keep up your own house when you have it when you're older. That's something that you're going to have to do. And as a as a matter of fact, you're not going to get paid to do it. It's going to cost you to do it. So I think it'd be kind of confusing. To, to teach yeah, child. yeah it's like my whole life I've been paid to make my bed but now I need to pay to have my bed made this is not this is not what I signed up for this is not this is not fair yeah. lady <laughs> understand the arrangement here um my favorite one projects no Nigerian parent is giving money for chores yeah say that again not at all you live in this house right wow it's all coming out now <laughs> oh, um, Steffi has joined. Hey, good to see you, hey. Steffi. That's a uh, future future sister-in-law, right there. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. Sorry, I said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love Steffi um and then uh yeah I, I was I've never asked you this but are you uh, in any way surprised at what I'm doing um and does it change the way that you now might talk to me um about money going forwards 
Um, yeah, Mister Money. Like, are you are you in any way, way like, what the, like what's he doing? No, not not at all. Like, as we've grown up, the impression from one another that we're sort of thinkers that don't mind outside the box as a concept, mm -hmm. and like we've always questioned within reason. I think and. If it wasn't a legitimate option, I don't think you'd entertain it. So I, I don't think it's so surprising. Like I've I've known you all my life, and like I find you to be the sort of person who'd be capable of pulling this off. Like I have confidence in that. So. Thank you. As far as how I talk to you about money, yeah, I mean, I will definitely be coming to you more for like advice about investment and stuff. I don't know if you're planning on like formalizing your ability to comment on that sort of a thing to another person, but like on a personal basis, I'd definitely yeah. be talking to you. Well, as long as you choose not to sue me on a personal basis. Um, Sorry, I think I've lost. As long as you uh, choose not to uh, sue me. I might have to drop out. All right. You can't hear me. Can't hear All right. That, that's cool. Um, we're just, Danny's left because he couldn't hear me. We're going to add him back in. Um, Choma, the Parenting Power, great conversations, guys. Thank you so much, um, Choma. Um, yeah, we've uh, we've actually asked each other a lot of questions that um, we've never asked before, um, asked each other before in, in this uh, format, and it seems to be working well. Hold well, on, let me get Danny back in. Should be joining now. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, wicked. It wouldn't be alive if there wasn't a malfunction. True. Uh, simply Monday. Sorry? It's Monday as well, so. It's Monday. Um, by the way, you're like mad shiny. Like you look, your forehead is catching all kinds of gleams. Yeah, I've been okay, catching the outdoors these days. It's beautiful. Yeah, you'll need to tell me uh, who your moisturizer is, who the provider of the moisturizer is. Uh, Simply Budget says, the world rewards people to add value. I think that's a lesson to teach kids when rewarding them. True, yeah. yeah. So this thing that you said about um, if, if the child goes above and beyond, um, then you give them uh, money. But if it's just like the baseline stuff, like the personal admin, then you don't. Um, I guess the boundaries where you draw that will vary from parent to parent. So when I think about going above and beyond, for some reason, washing the car comes to mind for me. Yeah, that's that's a big task for a kid to take on, to be fair. Yeah. But like as a teenager, maybe. Mm, yeah. You know? Um, another thing that I think is good to do with your children, it, and we had the previous guest, I think it was Laura from Savvy Peacock in the previous week who said this, is to involve them in the family finances. So I do a personal monthly budget now and Jenny and me do a monthly budget. And um, I would imagine that if we had kids, we would sit down with them and we would do the budget with them. 
as soon as they were old enough to understand what, what it all meant. Because mm -hmm. the thing is, growing up in a Nigerian household, you'll like leave the lights on and your parents would go crazy. But the thing is, you have no concept of like how much electricity costs. To you, light is just this like infinite resource. Yeah. Um, so maybe it would have been good to know like how much stuff actually cost um, when we were little. I feel like I remember having one house that we lived in where we had to put money on a card for electricity. Was that mm. church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that was probably the earliest, and it really wasn't all that early. That was probably the earliest that I started to consider the implications of, like, just yeah, yeah. being in a house. Not even doing anything extraordinary, just being in a house. Mm. Yeah. Again, thankfully, because there are like apps you can get now where you can top up like kids' cards and that sort of thing, you can recreate that. Um, but you know, that's technology that's only been introduced in the past 10 years. We didn't necessarily have that, and our parents didn't necessarily have that at their disposal when we were younger. Glamour Hair London, um, great to see you, Nkem, um, says, Ah, oh, Timmy, are you the baby bro? Oh my goodness. So you don't think that I, because like, just for your information, I am the odd one out in the family. I am the one who doesn't look like anyone. So not only does everyone think I look like granddad. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I don't, no one knows who my granddad is. Like people just see me with mum. <laughs> you look like your great, great granddad. Great. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, yeah, so no one thinks that we, well, half of people think that we look alike and everyone thinks you're older. Fair enough. Except I get ID'd at every turn. Every Is week. it still? Yeah. Like the last time I was like, yeah, so I turned 28 yesterday and they were like, oh, happy birthday, ID. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, just whizzing through some, some of the more uh, further comments. Um, my 31 project, Steffi is responsible for the glow up. Yeah, definitely. Steffi is great. Um, Choma says, as a parent, I agree. Um, involving children is so key. It gives them ownership. Yeah, it gives them a sense of ownership and a sense of perspective from early. Um, living the bry life. So my mum used to tell me it costs one pound to switch it on every time. So I'd avoid having them on. Pretty mean. That is very mean. And I wouldn't be surprised if you're now sitting in a darkened room, having had that trauma follow you into adulthood. Uh, Finally, says, when I was a child, I once asked my mom how much she earned salary, and she gave me one look, and I never asked again. Hmm. That, why does that? Why does that like ring a bell for me? I feel like I've done the same and not had an answer given either, with a similar sort of reaction. I've never asked, to be fair. But there is a great question in that, which is, would you tell your children how much you earned? Yeah, although you do have to consider kids talk. Like, I don't think kids are going to change very much in, like, the next 20 years. And no. I feel like if that was the sort of information that had been going around when I was in school, then it could have ended up causing friction between kids just, you know, um, showboating about who earns what. So maybe, maybe keeping it 
to yourself as a means to just avoid that sort of negativity, I guess. I don't know, though. I don't really see a reason to, to not share that. But, yeah, I do know. I do know what you mean um, about uh, about children. Children can be mean, and even if they're not mean, children are constantly comparing themselves to to one another. So there are considerations that, like you being open with your kids, you need to do that with a kind of understanding of you know this is this is something I'm teaching you so that you can learn, not so that you can. Um, you kind of lord it over other people. But like if you've raised a decent kid, they, they shouldn't go on to do that. It can go both ways though, can't it? Because it could be your kid lording it over another one, or it could be your kid internalizing the fact that maybe their parents don't make as much as somebody else and somehow mm. that makes them less off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are definitely wider considerations there. Uh, someone's just said volume, guys. Um, I hope we're coming through clearly. Um, if we're not, just let us know. And Choma says, I've just shared my financial situation with my 16-year-old. Um, and she's also said, perhaps tell them when they're um, older. Yeah, so yeah, I think there's an age appropriateness angle um, to speaking about money as well. Like what you share and when you share it. Um, cool. We're now into the uh, rapid fire questions part of the chat. Thank you everyone who's stayed with us this Monday evening for all your questions, all your comments. Um, thank you to you, Dami, for coming on. Um, I'm gonna crack on with the rapid fire questions. Um, again, a first, because I don't know what your answers to these are. I've never asked you these questions before. So it'll be interesting to see what you say. Um, the first is, what's been your biggest financial achievement to date? Hmm. Well, I guess I'd consider living like on my own for quite as long as I have at this point. You know, that, that degree of financial separation. Because, you know. It's um, it's something that you just kind of get thrown into. There's no, well, at least speaking for myself, there's no intermediary step. You're at home and then you're not. Mm -hmm. So, I'd say being able to to keep all of that going. That's that's a pretty big achievement for me. Awesome, and I agree. Um, I like to think that like you spend kind of the first, you spend your childhood being financially dependent on, on the people that are looking after you. And then you move into financial self-sufficiency, which is the stage that we're in now. And hopefully you can move towards a final uh, financial in independence where, uh, you know, you're able to meet your expenses um, with the various activities or investments that you've uh, kind of made um, over the course of your life, which was the topic of uh, last week's conversation. Um, what one piece of money advice would you have given to yourself 10 years ago? Ooh. 
I think I would have told myself to split everything in half and just don't touch 50% of it. Like mm. within reason, obviously. It's a lot it's a lot more difficult when you're like going through uni and you've got, you know, um your love live on and stuff. But in general, as much as possible, wherever you know money, split it in half, whatever you've got after you've paid everything that you need to pay. And just don't don't touch half of it. Yeah. Again, just on the topic of financial independence, it's people who save north of fifty percent of their incomes. It's not an easy thing to do at all, um, but that those are the levels of savings that enable you to amass enough in investments to be able to live off your assets. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, you're still, you're still very young, so even if you started to do that today, um, you'd be in a very good position you know, in a few decades' time. Oh, Elliot Footwear, gorgeous men. What's up, Elliot? Um, that's, our, that's our big cousin, Sam. Thanks for joining. Um, another one of the MJs. Uh, if you were to win the lottery, let's say you were to win uh, 10 million pounds, how would you spend it? Uh, I'd strike <clears throat> loans from like education and stuff. Uh, just get them all paid off. Then I'd probably look to buy myself a place, just money down if possible, just buy myself a place. And then after those, I'd split the money in half again, set, put half into savings into an account with, you know, a decent rate of return. And then I'd consider investments with the other half. Essentially, you know? I just want to put myself into a position where I could do the work that I was interested in doing without having, you know, the stress of having to earn as well. Your answers just reminded me that, you know, before I read a single book, listened to a single podcast or anything on investing and financial independence, you are the person who introduced me to that concept. I don't think you remember saying this to me, but you can't have been older than 15 or 14. But you were like, if I got loads of money, then I would basically invest it and live off the interest. Do you remember I saying conversation. I was I was talking to you about the the like minimum amount of money that you would need to invest at a certain percentage to be able to yeah, yeah, yeah. the investment. Yeah, but what's mad is you were like very young. There was no way there was no way you should have known about that. That's the very first time I'd ever thought about money in that way. So yeah, your answer there just reminded me of that. Um, what are your long-term money goals? Uh, as we said before, definitely financial independence. Like, um, I want to put myself into a position where the, the need is removed to earn money. And mm -hmm. it's just, um, like, it's a happy byproduct of doing what I'm happy doing. Yeah. And that's, that's a fantastic thing. Oh, sorry, go on. And I was just going to say that there isn't like a a more specific goal than that because like um, as you mentioned before, David Attenborough is like one of my icons, and he's still going in the field that he loves at this point. And I'd just like to be able to be in a similar position where I can work as I wish without having to be concerned about needing to work. 
Um, yeah, and I was just going to say that's a fantastic segue into the final question, which is what does success mean to you? I think you were just touching upon it, but what does it mean to you to be successful? Yeah, success is for me putting myself in a position where I can do what I want without, you know, fear of repercussion, essentially. You know, you're not beholden to any system or like uh, an hourly wage rate or anything like that. You can just sort of live your life freely. But obviously that takes a lot of investment to reach that point. So realistically speaking, I'm happy to do what I need to do to get there and then, you know, enjoy it if I can manage it. Yeah, <clears throat> I completely agree. And I think a really good intermediary step between, um, you know, financial self-sufficiency and financial independence is just to still try and do what you love anyway. Like try and work in a company that you enjoy with people you admire, do side hustles you enjoy, like yeah. read, fill your head with knowledge. And then I like to think that over a long enough time frame, um, things will sort themselves out. Um, Crystal has just said, FYI, I can hear the difference between the two of you. Thanks, Crystal. Um, I will, uh, I'll take that. Because, uh, yeah, like we, we were speaking to our dad the other day and like he just didn't seem to know which of his sons he was speaking to. It was quite disconcerting. Yeah, he like genuinely stopped us from speaking, was like, who's saying what? Victor <laughs> uh, Bell says, uh, your parents should be really proud. Um, we, we, we hope they are. And um, yeah, we're, we're very thankful to them for giving them all of the learnings, all of the knowledge that they, they have done. Um, before we wrap up, Danny, anything you want to plug? Um, Anyone you want to shout out? Any any closing remarks? I'd just like to thank you for having me on. Uh, this is my first IG live, and I'm glad that this was the first one. Um, you know, like uh, I'm really enjoying seeing you come up doing what you're doing with Mr. Money Jar. Really proud of you. Thank you. And you know, looking forward to seeing how it increases. Thank you, and thank you for coming on. Um, I can't wait for the world to see what you go on to achieve in your field um i appreciate it hope i can say it here first you're looking at the next uh david attenborough or oluwa tenborough as i uh <laughs> as i like to to call it and um yeah thank you thank you for coming on um it's been a great chat um yeah, thank you everyone at home for tuning in as well um yeah, thank you, really loved all your questions and your comments and for sharing this space with us and uh, we will be back uh, at the same time next week monday with another special guest take care